Hi, and welcome back to the Frontiers Health Podcast, a series created in partnership with Frontiers Health and Mission-Based Media. I'm Dan Kendall, the founder of Mission-Based Media. Be sure to grab all the episodes of the Frontiers Health Podcast on the Health Podcast Network. Just go to healthpodcastnetwork.com and you can stream or download the podcasts that matter most to you. You can also find links to the most popular podcast players such as iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So be sure to hit subscribe so you can automatically receive those new episodes as they go live. In this episode, we'll hear a keynote that was delivered by Roberto Ascione. Roberto is the chairman of Frontiers Health, and he discusses the status and perspectives of several major global trends in digital health, and he provides insights about future priorities. Roberto has great perspective on the digital health ecosystem. First, he trained as a doctor, and then he decided to focus his talents in marketing communications. His passion for medicine, computer science, and human technology interactions have led to his lifelong commitment and dedication to the advancement and spreading of digital healthcare. In addition to his role as the chairman of Frontiers Health, Roberto is the CEO of Healthware International, the largest independent healthcare consultancy with more than 700 people in Europe and the USA through their joint venture with InTouch Solutions. They help life science companies, healthcare stakeholders, and startups navigate the transformation in healthcare from strategy to technology. Learn more about Roberto and his company by visiting healthwaregroup.com. That's healthwaregroup.com. Now let's tune into the keynote by Roberto Ascione. What I will be talking about today is not all trends, but uh, some that I picked in the context also of the conference. The first point I want to make, which is already kind of echoing other discussion I've heard between this morning and yesterday, this is no longer finally about if this is happening, it's just just about how we make it happen. And of course, there will be some bumps in the road ahead of us, but the road, I think, is bright and will uh, lead us to a great future for you know, medicine and ultimately uh, patients and users of the new preventive medicine, which is really what we all care about in the different roles and responsibilities that we carry. You heard about us, so I will jump straight uh, to the the contents. So, as I said, I picked a few things, and the idea is to discuss uh, what's on the agenda, ideally, for the months to come. Investments continue to grow uh, strong, that's data provided by Digital Network, the consultants, and the markerants. Uh, so you see yourself the cumulative total and how that compares with last year. I think areas of focus could be, yes, there's plenty of seed funding uh, available. I'm a little bit concerned of what happens uh, soon after. I often meet entrepreneurs with MVPs, which are kind of struggling to raise money to do the clinical validation, which we are increasingly asked asking them in order to kind of progress forward. I think that's an area we should probably look at. We are also seeing bigger and bigger tickets, and of course, in some you know, cases, fewer, fewer rounds of funding, but much larger. There will be some specific in-depth content on, 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 on this stage later, so I won't spend more time on that. We have been witnessing some noticeable M&As. Um, last year, we discussed on this stage Roche and My Sugar, which happened a few months before. I heard the word acquisition to the core. I would agree 
that certainly is, has been placed in the execution at the core of the Roche diabetes business. And we'll hear more about this, about 18 months in the making, later today. Yesterday, we talked about the acquisition by Varian of Nune, which again is very close to the core business. And also, a few weeks ago, uh, Amazon took over PillPack in a very bold move, uh, larger uh, scale, certainly transformative for the drug retail business in the, in the US. We believe we will see more and more of strategic M&A activity. Of course, it's in the making. Uh, we will see probably uh, smaller acquisitions, uh, uh, you know, aside of uh, uh, much bigger ones. Um, choosing won't be easy, given there is so much that is going on. Uh, but the strategy behind this that will lead to acceleration of uh, the transformation in a large-scale uh, company would be important. But at the same time, it would be important that this would be seen as a way to uh, scale faster for the startups versus uh, raising um, independently uh, cash. Both will work. Uh, will be interesting to see how to choose between the two avenues. Digital therapeutics certainly continues to develop in a very strong way. It will be big and will grow pretty fast. The growth rate um, that you can find in literature varied. This is, uh, uh, there's a certain consensus around the 30%. The Digital Therapeutics Alliance has been developing greatly over the last year. Uh, more members on the big company side and on the startup side. Um, recently, uh, first industry guidance has been released. FDA has been uh, looking at this sector, starting to create avenues to apply and to file, basically, um, digital therapeutic solutions in a much more structured way. There's more work to do, but certainly that, that is the direction. Partnerships are also happening between uh, pharma and digital therapeutics companies. That's another angle that is quite interesting uh, to, to see. Um, clinical validation, certainly it's important. Question probably would be soon, should we validate these uh, solutions in the same way we validate drugs or, or and or in peculiar ways? This is probably an area that we should uh, work on. More work on the business models, for sure. Um, there's a lot also, I believe, about the education, but I'll come back on that in a second. Another area that we are looking with great interest is uh, what we, in searching for a definition, are starting to call lifestyle as a medicine, which is basically nothing else than empowering through technology platforms which are intimately user-centric and ensure much more deep and profound user or patient engagement. Those levers that we know, since the various studies on the terms of human health, that can influence our own conditions. So mindfulness, witnessed greatly by Headspace Health, and we'll hear more later in the day here, it's certainly one of those. But also nutrition. Think about how carefully we choose an auto room, a car, a travel, a ticket for a sport event, and how relatively less we care about what we ingest day to day. So virtual assistants that will be able to keep us on a better nutrition uh, regimen in a, in a fun and, and, and an engaging way would probably have a, a pretty interesting future. We heard about 
uh, POP yesterday in this camp, but also music medicine, which we will hear more today. It's something else that we are looking with, uh, with, with great interest. So I picked a few examples just to give more color to this. Health AI, besides the hype, is starting to deliver a few things that are really kind of adding value. We'll hear more today about your MD, which is a great example of how to use uh, basically self-assessment and triage options. And in searching for, for, for the talk, I, I learned that already over 13 FDA-approved uh, AI algorithms in the camp of semi-automatic diagnosis. That's a sector that I think will be quite, uh, quite interesting to look at. Of course, there are many more, but as I said, I want to pick something um, or a selection of priorities that I believe should fill our agendas. Working on the interfaces that are disappearing is also very important. The barrier that we have between humans and technology always uh, prevents or reduces how much we can leverage those technologies. So by removing the interfaces in the interactions that are more close to us, which are those related to our, our health, we believe as a great future. So starting probably with the, the chatbots, which are still artificial, voice, sights, emotional connections are probably very meaningful to the future of uh, designing digital health solutions. So that's an area that we feel it's quite important. There are new jobs emerging in the healthcare uh, space. And in doing this research, I picked some that are already there and some others that probably are coming up. The various health coaching platforms can provide a first line of defense through automatic reasoning, but then behind to be really effective are all uh, empowered by uh, human health coaches. So these augmented human health coaches, it's really something that uh, I believe has a, has a lot of uh, ground. We heard before brilliantly about a self-discovery uh, through the genetic information available, but that's not for every one of us. Concellers uh, could be probably more and more interesting. To, as a, of course, as a, as a professional role to help us to navigate through this wealth of data. Patient concierges, uh, likewise, as these platforms will uh, evolve more and more. And then a few things that are kind of emerging. With telemedicine scaling in several countries, probably there will be physicians that will do a pretty large deal of work remotely. Is this the same type of attitude of a mostly in-presence physician? Not sure, probably worth uh, investigating uh, more. This is a nice connection to a concept that um, we feel it's quite important as well, which is the literacy about digital health in the consumers, in the patients, in the patient associations, for physicians. This is something that we are encountering during our work at Healthware at, and at InTouch uh, daily these days, doing more and more with all of the above not only about what's possible, but really how to use these tools, solutions, new archetypes in the daily practice of a physician, how we can uh, make more, I would say, digitally savvy patients to manage, for example, chronic diseases. So we believe this is an area uh, quite worth uh, uh, exploring. A couple of other things that I want to mention. Innovation, I believe we can comfortably say only matters if it's need-driven. We can't invent something in a vacuum and push 
you know, it down through the pipe and hope people will adopt. It's exactly the other way around. That's why probably yesterday so busy activity was going on in everything that was patient-centricity, breakouts, and co-design. We're doing a lot of this work from the bottom up, whether it's patients, physicians, both of them, nurses, and other kind of stakeholders. The idea, find important problem that matters to people or to systems or to professionals to solve, and then design with and around uh, those issues. Aligning those solutions to the patient journey is also extremely important. We need to understand that certain you know, constraints exist, certain flows exist, and we need to ask ourselves how we can improve at every station. If there is a chronic condition, what happens in between two visits? There is a gap to fill, technology can do that, and so on and so forth. Um, the, the top line is similar, but then every disease is different. Uh, every um, maybe country, every ethical group has it, it, its own specificities that is very important to study. And again, it's, it's a bottom-up uh, exercise. Couple more notes. I wanted to call this changing together. I think our friends at the large-scale pharmaceutical companies are many, if not all of them, now in the camp of we can't do this alone, we should do with the ecosystem of innovators. The presence, even at the conference over the years, has been you know, growing immensely. Some have been trying to do different things, focusing on access at standards, focusing on partnerships in a decentralized way at Pfizer. G4A, great work to create a wealth of initiatives, almost like a continuum aiming at creating business partnerships. And a few days ago, started Rush with a brand new program that is piloting in Italy called Health Builders, which is about exactly creating products together from MVPs or working solutions, how to partner to scale those in business agreements. So I see signs of uh, evolution into this, which are quite, uh, quite interesting. And uh, Mark almost killed this, uh, this, this chart in a, in a, in a, in a great way. Uh, places for innovation are important. Uh, you heard Novartis launching Biome in San Francisco, and I don't want to uh, forget to mention others, but for brevity, I'll, 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 I'll stay with, uh, with that example. But there are a lot of uh, companies that are starting to think and, and, and figure out that probably there's a lot to do. And so it's important to invest, it's important to partner, it's important to probably uh, incubate, it's, it's important to provide uh, support to conferences like this one, but probably also the places, the physical places where gatherings like this can happen on a day-to-day -day basis and form and structure partnerships are also very important. This is the reason why we invested into the transformation of this place that Mark uh, talked before. It's literally where historically the first medical school or what could be a, like a medical school was born. And in the very same place, this monastery, we basically uh, put our life up, which is technically an open innovation center that every one of you can use. Many of you have been already uh, using this, so this is also uh, an invite to keep connecting, 
uh, within the ecosystem, working to a larger ecosystem, as uh, this year you see we are doing even here, and to recommend that uh, aside of the digital side of the equation, the human side, it's also very important, as we are trying to demonstrate also uh, this morning. So this place, it's available for any kind of activity, and we are doing their design thinking, we are doing their uh, sprints of projects, uh, and so on and so forth. So consider uh, this as an open invite anytime uh, to join us uh, in that beautiful uh, part of the world. Thank you very much for your attention. Thanks for tuning in to the Frontiers Health Podcast. Be sure to check out all the episodes on the Health Podcast Network by visiting healthpodcastnetwork.com. There you can also find links to subscribe on popular podcast catchers like iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And most importantly, be sure to check out Frontiers.Health to find out about upcoming events all around the world and learn more about their annual conference that's held each autumn. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you.